Hello and welcome to the Cinnabums. Uh, this week, we're talking about bad films from 2022. Um, we did our top 25. I hope you um, got to that first before you got to this, because uh, this episode is going to be a little bit more negative, and it's going to be more talking about what's badly being done in the industry. Um but also, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, bad movies, uh, it's fun to talk about bad movies. And um, or if you're just a nihilist, maybe you like these lists and don't even watch the top twenty-five. Right? Yeah. There are people who are like, I only watch like trash movies, and then <laughs> yeah, that's like, hip, right? Just be like, what are you doing in Hollywood? But um, I don't. Know, I personally find bad movies always so much more like. I, I find more humor in it and more interesting than say other art forms, such as like if it's like bad music or bad writing, because with movies, you know, specifically uh, that all this stuff went into it and all this money, amount of money, all this amount of labor and, uh, you know, conch paperwork, whatever they had these big names. And so uh, that's why I don't know. I get, I just get a kick out of, um, when bad movies are made, I find it uh, funny uh, knowing how much is usually going into it. And uh, there definitely were our fair share uh, this year. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, it's, I feel like it's easier to rag on like bad movies because they can be fun in like a community type of event. Like it's, you know, just with the internet, uh, it's just fun to like rag on something that's, mm-hmm you know, Hollywood spent millions of dollars on only for it to just completely suck. Um, yeah. And there's definitely a couple of those that we'll talk about today. There's some, I'm sure we'll talk about or at least one that has a lot of drama around it. That was also pretty fun to, uh, to be a part of when that came out. So, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to talk about some shit. It's a good point. It was like almost like a, a bad political debate or something where there was so many, so much press yeah. around certain things and certain relationships. Um, I yeah. Think I love seeing that whole saying, like, yeah. saga behind the scenes. Yeah. It's still fascinating to go back and analyze certain things of that. Um, and the movie, the movie also happened to be terrible. So it was kind of like perfectly, <laughs> there's a perfect bookend to that saga. Yeah, there's some. I don't think uh, ever like when talk about bad films. Uh, each year, has there been uh, a film like the Don't Worry, Darling, with the amount of drama behind the scenes? Like, there's. It's always been just like this film was bad, and we, you know, we don't know anything behind the scenes. But like, I just have my own interpretation. But this we, yeah, there's this movie, which is like kind of classic Hollywood drama type stuff. Yeah, yeah, this. It harked back to like the 90s or mid 2000s when there was big Hollywood stars involved with like a kind of a trashy project and the director kind of falters and falls apart in the promotion of it. What's a movie like? What's one of those movies? I mean, like Waterworld is a huge one um, that went just way over budget and the stars were kind of clashing. It's it's different because this was more like an Oscar bait film. Like the ones in the 90s were more like the island of Dr. Moreau where these huge like auteurs took huge swings and went over completely over a budget and just failed miserably. So 
it is different in that sense. I'm trying to think of like there's an Oscar bait. There's probably so many Oscar bait movies that just did. Don't worry, up. worry, darling. I assume it went over budget. Take over budget. I, I think I think actually budgetary and production wise, it was fine. I think it was just like the the relationships on set that were all fucked up. And then the promotion afterwards, obviously, there was all that drama. So that in turn, I'm sure it went over budget in some aspect of it because there was so much shit going on. And the movie's big. It was a big movie. So, yeah, I think what's more interesting than Don't Worry, Darling would be like everyone kind of just I think what they really want to see is like the heart of darkness version and it's don't worry <laughs> darling you know and it's like you know just like an intimate yeah. like documentary of the making of it and but it's all yeah. like it's but it bore it would border along the lines of heart of darkness and reality tv because it's all right. these like stars and relation you know relationships and back backstabbing and stuff like that i'm sure there'll be a documentary within a few years just because it was like it made the headlines for like two months straight of just different shit coming out of it. So, and like Harry and you know Harry Styles is like the biggest star. So, hmm. yeah, there might there might be a heart of darkness thing in the works. Speaking of which, Coppola's movie right now is kind of what we're talking about. Like oh, over budget, yeah, completely over budget, and I think there's been talks that the actors and stuff are just like really kind of fed up with what's going on and yeah and man he's that man must be having one last crazy swing Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like (laughs) back to you know his when he was younger type stuff yeah like his dream project for you know multiple decades and he's yeah yeah. probably his last film so I wouldn't have it any other way for Mr. Coppola, even though I hope he's like survives the production okay, because he's yeah, he's an course. old he's an old man. Um, <laughs> um I guess in things uh not as relevant to uh current movies uh to report on. Uh one of the things I'd like to report on is uh something from like oh like nearly a year ago now um it was a scores scores and soundtracks episode um whatever you know i know we're sort of (laughs) keeping track but like it was whatever the hell amount of scores of soundtracks we've done over the years like five or six yeah right yep and it was us three uh and uh antonio was antonio um and uh it was a good one and one of the ones that was mentioned uh was uh, the life of a aquatic with Steve Zissou? Zissou? <laughs> is Steve it Zissou? Zissou? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's close. Yeah, and I, John, <laughs> and John, was that that was yours, right? I think. Yes, that was on my list. Right, and uh, yeah. I just I just wanted to bring up the fact that I watched that movie a couple days ago. Oh, nice! I was oh, trying nice. to get to it now for a whole year, and I finally did. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm. It was really good really interesting and unique for uh um out of in wes anderson's uh catalog and uh i also happened to see i definitely enjoyed uh the music throughout too oh yeah um, yeah yeah very yeah. interesting movie very mm-hmm. interesting movie yeah really really uh really weird good like great score from like mark M- mothersbaugh the like techno uh, techno pop score and then right say right. you george singing david bowie songs in portuguese on the boat yeah that's uh i got the criterion for that 
partially because they just have like a long cut of just all say you George uh, singing David Bowie on the boat. And yeah, it's yeah, so good. that's the best stuff. Yeah. And it even runs, yeah. I think through the credits a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. And just got to love the whole makeup of uh, once again, it's a beautiful Wes Anderson, like set design stuff. Like just got to love the, the way there's like, there's a uh, killer whale like in middle of one of the compartments of the boat and you can see it yeah. swimming in the middle of the background. Like he has a tank, but he's like also very, I don't, I don't It's not like fucked up cause he like feeds the whale and it's like <laughs> kind of a, you know, cute Wes Anderson thing. Um, yeah. And Willem Dafoe also, of course, just the fact that yeah, he's, he's so good at there. it. Yeah. That he's there in this with his accent and uh Yeah. Hey Blanchett, because uh, we were talking about Tar last week. That's like one of the one of the first Kate Blanchett performances I ever saw. Um, she's mm. great. It's a great, yeah, great ensemble for sure. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lovely, lovely movie. Yeah, yeah, nice. Well, that, yeah, that's 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 one of the things I wanted to bring up. And it definitely had a lot to do with music. Uh, the other has a little bit to do with uh, music too. Um, and I, and it's like kind of a tease, you know, it's more of a tease than a full thing. Um, but <laughs> the tease is essentially, and this is, we'll talk about this later, probably on one where John and I are just talking more about anything um, or also maybe a Patreon episode, but uh, I am rewatching the Beatles get back again. Nice. Um, for the third time so i want i'm gaining even more insight and i have more things to say and i have one more episode to go you know so i'm three hours away from finishing it <laughs> but uh yeah well i i'll definitely uh we can definitely talk about that more uh another another time but since we did that top 25 that was so thorough i definitely wanted to uh you know just like let myself give myself a chance to watch whatever the hell I want. And so I think <laughs> these lat, you know, that be rewatching that and also, you know, checking out life aquatic and other, other things I've checked out uh, is kind of just a representation of that, you know, you know, open, yeah. open cinephilia, open movie watching, whatever the hell you want to call it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think we definitely went hard at the, the last few weeks to try and cram in as many 2022 movies as we could. So I was feeling a little fatigued from that too. And I was like, I want to watch something from like the eighties or yeah. like 40, mm-hmm. 50 years ago. Like had, yeah, had yeah. nothing to do with uh, right. something relevant right now. Exactly. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah and we'll definitely I, talk about the Beatles get back more too. Cause I, I rewatched that in December for the third yeah. time as well. So. <laughs> I, I'm also on the same page. Excited. I'm also pretty excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> as you can imagine. <laughs> we're just kind of like brain we're kind of like brain dead like beetles like turn your brain off you're like yeah you know i'm still really into the still watching it yeah (laughs) still keeping up with it thinking about it (laughs) taking up a lot of my headspace you know i I actually have two episodes i could tease real quick yeah go ahead yeah Yeah, um, go ahead that i've actually already recorded that will probably release in february respectively but um the first one is uh, Infinity Pool, which is a Brennan Cronenberg movie. And, and of course, I brought Lucas back on to talk about it. It's oh, kind so of it's the Cronenberg nice. part, two. Uh, part two. Cool. Yeah. Um, Cronenberg so crew. 
the Cronenberg crew. <laughs> Every time a new uh, Cronenberg, it's it, you know, it's still in the family. It's his son's film, so. I got to bring back Lucas every time for that. Um, so that'll be a fun episode. That, that movie's really so awesome, such a trip. Um, and we'll dis- we'll attempt to dissect it. We we really don't know what we're talking about with Cronenberg, but we'll talk about it nonetheless. Um, then me and my friend Emily, who's actually Lucas's girlfriend, she's an interior design fanatic. So I brought her on, and we kind of talked about like our favorite sets in films. Um, and I even made a visual aid, like a little PowerPoint that will be in the, the video format of the podcast. So you'll get to see some cool sets and us, you know, gush over production design and stuff. So, so yeah, that look up for cool. those. Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably again, well, outside of the list. We've made the most visually integrated, uh, episode idea I've, I've yeah. ever heard. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Uh, because we can kind of, you know, think with our eyes a little bit and, Again, I have no I didn't know what I was talking about in terms of architecture. I just mainly said this looks great um, over and over again. But I think people will will dig the episode. Um, right. More visual, more like production value for the pod, at least. So yeah, look out for those. That, yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds uh, great. Yeah, excited that uh, Jake's getting into the technical stuff for the podcast. That's <laughs> we need that variety. <laughs> Always innovating the game, man. Yes, <laughs> I think I could take a run at analyzing set design uh, with a visual aid for the podcast. If I if I wanted to, maybe I'd be like, "There's a chair there. There's a table there. <laughs> to the right, there's a guy, and the camera's framed like this. <laughs> it's that one of those yeah. Kubrick shots. We definitely focus on like architecture the most. Like we would a lot about apartments and houses and stuff. Like she brought up the holiday because uh, that's like one of the most infamous houses in, yeah. in movies. So that sounds great. There's a lot of that, sure. you know, a lot of yeah. like dream like homes to live in and kind of that sort of episode where like really. Mm-hmm digging into that stuff so so yeah check that nice. out when it comes out do you guys talk about uh hey arnold's bedroom being one you of know, the coolest <laughs> bedrooms <laughs> you, it is pretty talk, hip it's the coolest yeah. yeah yeah we talked about doing a whole animation episode because i mentioned uh, uh obviously i mentioned a miyazaki right um, yeah but yeah hey arnold would totally would be up there you know that little the attic pull down setup thing. It's so, so cool. sick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a better room than everyone he lives with in the same building. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, excited to hear those. Check those out. Uh, yeah. I guess. Should we? Uh, yeah. Let's get into, into some our... of our bad, uh, our bad films, <laughs> guys. Uh, yeah. You can get Jake. Go ahead and uh, go first. Okay. Uh Okay. So this is a funny one um because this movie has a really funny title and it's also directed by Joseph Kaczynski who directed Top Gun Maverick this year. So he had one of the best oh, movies of what? the year. He had the best movie of the year. I'm surprised you guys yeah, movie. I'm not surprised you guys haven't heard about this movie because it was it was kind of buried on Netflix and no one really watched it, but it's called Spiderhead. Um, and it stars Miles Teller and Chris Hemsworth. So Miles kind of came back to work with Joe. Um, but yeah, this movie, the best way I could describe it is it's a very soulless, you know, post-apocalyptic, semi-post-apocalyptic. It's like futuristic um, uh, 
take on like hedonism and stuff. Um, it's it's kind of like, I guess the best way to say it's like a Black Mirror episode, which means, in my opinion, that it's bad because it takes a really broad look at like right. a really highfalutin thing and tries to make it palatable, palatable to like blockbuster fans and stuff. And the movie is just like thinks it's really intelligent. And Chris Hemsworth is putting on like a sort of a mogul performance. And I like Chris Hemsworth generally. He's a great movie star. But and same with Miles Teller, but like this movie was kind of just flat. Um, and the, I, I guess the most mind boggling thing is that it's like Joseph Kaczynski directed, you know, he did Top Gun Maverick. And this was kind of like his movie, I guess, is like a victory lap because um, there was time between Top Gun Maverick and probably another huge project. So um, so like when directors do that, it's it's kind of annoyed sometimes when they just half ass a, a movie and throw it on a streaming service, I guess. Um and again, yeah, like not, not not many people were inflicted with this stupid ass movie anyway. It was just I just watched it out of curiosity and it was boring as hell and really cheesy and really over dramatized the whole sci fi element of, of like pleasure and stuff. I couldn't even tell you the plot. I, that's why I've been dancing around it. I have no idea what it was about. I was bored. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, thank God he did Top Gun Maverick because this was really bad this would have been career ending <laughs> otherwise <laughs> yeah i don't know if you guys saw oblivion uh which joe kaczynski did before no i've like Gun. wanted to because that's um, like uh, the one of the last cruises i still need yeah to yeah um i watched it pre-top gun maverick and i also thought that was a piece of shit so it makes <laughs> me wonder why how joseph kaczynski was able do to you, harness this do you think like it's almost like because more because of uh McQuarrie it's produced by McQuarrie yeah, and 100%. they're probably hiring like the correct stunt people, the correct yes. like and Cruz. Cruz was a um, huge pioneer. He was the producer. Yeah, you had yeah. um, what's his name? Uh, who produced the original Top Gun? Fucking Tony Scott, not Tony. Scott. No, no. Uh, uh, I don't know. Come, it'll come. Jerry Bruckheimer, uh, you know, who did oh, all, okay. like Michael Bay's movies in the 90s. So, yeah, he had a lot of support around him. And I think it was almost impossible to make Top Gun Maverick bad. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah, uh, he's he's mm. a weird director. And this is like this movie is just kind of baffling. So wow. not a recommendation from me. Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea what Spiderhead is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me neither. Very eye opening, though, that it's uh, him, too. Yeah. It, yeah. it just looks like one of those Netflix movies that just gets thrown on there and who knows yeah. how many people watch it, but I, yeah. I don't know what Netflix is doing. I feel like every year they just have like the worst movies go up I there know. with like little to no promotion, but there's like big names in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they just increase well, the so prices. So many people watch them just cause like, uh, I don't know. They just they're on Netflix and it pops up and like that's yeah. how people like decide to consume yeah. a lot of movies and they and a lot of people actually like the idea of like yeah Netflix made a new movie like now we can use we could just watch it you know what I mean yeah. like we don't have to go to the theater we could just watch it even though it's like a lot of the times like full on trash you know what I mean but it'll say like this is number one in movies but it's like it's something terrible and you're like how is that number one in movies <laughs> it's just yeah because everyone has netflix you know yeah there's a lot of people where netflix has become their their theatrical experience because they don't go to the movies anymore 
So like their entire catalog of new movies will be like specifically like I don't know if you guys are gonna talk about the Gray Man, but that was a big like. No, I didn't see it. I didn't. Uh, yeah, either. I chose not to watch that. Okay, <laughs> good. Yeah, none of us did. But I remember <laughs> Spiderhead came out along that, and people were calling it. It's like the dumb guy summer action movies for like the lowest brow of of watcher possible. You know, so that's why like Spiderhead kind of got lumped into that. But it's and I'm sure there's so many that we don't even know about that. I I only watched it because like I, I just watched Top Gun Maverick. So and and obviously Gray Man's the Russo brothers, but apparently that's like unwatchably bad too it's too bad you're like spiderhead could be even better than top gun maverick who knows (laughs) i heard i had some friends who who actually liked it back home like who kind of like those dumb guy thriller action movies and that's kind of why i threw it on but it was like yeah it was nothing there was nothing to it all right. Well, that's yeah. a good first one, guys. Yeah. Or a, a bad spider. first one, if I might say. <laughs> Spiderhead. As Michael Scott once said, uh, I think it was in the roast episode, and Jim was like, <laughs> he Michael said Spiderhead in some weird context. I don't even I don't even know what it means. Why did he say that? I don't know. It was I don't know. But when I was watching the movie, all I could think of was Michael Scott. I want to know Spider the context Head? behind that line so bad. I'll post it in the. Yeah, in I don't the, remember that. I'll post it to you guys. I, yeah, it's Spider it's a Head. it's a very <laughs> it's a very obscure uh, office reference, but that's what we're we're we always do that, don't we? See, I don't even yeah. know. I don't even know. It's that almost one too obscure. I'm, yeah, I'll try to find it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is it's, it's the most obscure one. Spiderhead. Oh, uh, anyway. <laughs> For some Go. reason, like I don't even know why. Yeah, what is the context? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like usually, there's a, not a lot of context for the things he says, but this one, there's like none at all. Yeah, literally none. <laughs> Peacock I'm, does uh, have those, like I think they're called like super fan episodes, where it's like the extended versions of the Office episodes. Maybe it's one of those. Oh, I'll yeah. I'll send it to you guys so at All least right. you'll be able to know what I'm talking about later. All right. Uh, well, let's uh, yeah, yeah, let's uh, move on from the spider head. Then. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, I can go. Uh, go for it. My first one. I'm just gonna like get this one out of the way because I've talked. You know, I talked about it extensively um, on an episode uh, last year, towards the end of the year, because. I saw a trailer for it and I was like, I couldn't just stop talking about what I thought was wrong about this, <laughs> this film slash documentary. Um, it is uh, Jonah Hill's Stutz, <laughs> which is a, a Netflix film, uh, <laughs> you know, speaking of which. Uh, and, uh, you know, just after like uh, talking about uh, what I felt was probably going to be wrong about it, I felt like I needed to, you know, just watch it not only to talk about it more but also just because i i you know when you talk so much trash about something you're like all right all right then i'll give it a chance you know blah 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 i guess that makes sense i don't know um so i I watched stuts and uh i will say it's not like it's not as like a total train wreck but i will say there's a lot there's a lot wrong with it uh uh in particular uh 10 minutes, 10 to 20 minutes in, there's a the documentary takes a bit of a turn that is very strange uh, where uh, Jonah Hill and the therapist kind of 
uh, pull the curtain back on the making of the documentary as if uh, 10 minutes in they do this like 10 to 20 minutes in as if they're in Nathan Fielder's the rehearsal and they start to become very weird and self-aware Jonah starts to become very weird and self-aware about the making of the documentary which on is not something to be super interested in to begin with because it's fairly simple but you start to see the green screen that they're filming around and you just see it as a set and like jonah starts to have basically have therapy with like his therapist about making all the insecurity he has about making the documentary uh so that's like one that's like one thing that very strange thing that happens. All right. The next very and the other very just things I'm not into is the fact that like Jonah at the beginning says he's trying to remain just very objective and being like this is not a documentary about me. It's a documentary about you. And then there's like multiple scenes later where Jonah's like, like Jonah brings in his mom and they have like a talk through and there's all these scenes that talk about Jonah's like uh, insecurity about being overweight and all that stuff and how uh, that image always stuck with him as he went through Hollywood and, and stuff like that. And so it's like, all right, so this is, you know, a documentary also about Jonah Hill and, uh, so along the side of those, all that weird stuff is um, kind of some actual good stuff. Like it's almost like a PowerPoint uh, presentation from this therapist Stutz about like with actually kind of very charming uh, like uh, animation where he talks through thing like things he tells his patients basically and. He actually has a lot of very beneficial things to say. Like actually, th- actually things that I would like write down for myself. I'm like, oh yeah, that's like uh, a great thing to use to work on, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, like there's a section on it's like, you know, you have to try. It's a very important to be grateful. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, wow, yeah, I'm never grateful. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so like quick fix right there. You know what I mean? It's like stuff like that, you know, very, so it's like very good, but. I, I feel like those things um, in the context of this film, which isn't really anything overall, like it's not like a complete film, like those should be their own YouTube videos or something like that and not have all of Jonah's weird things um, around the side. This shouldn't have been a complete uh, experimental documentary as it's trying to be. This should have just been a series of like YouTube videos where um, this fer- therapist Phil Stutz is talking about these things because I do think um, I do think this all could be very beneficial to people and it, it is very smart but uh, not in the, this documentary you don't need to see all this this whole documentary just to see um, those things um, yeah um, I also one more thing on top of it uh, Jonah Hill finds Phil Stutz very funny in maybe the way that say uh, Martin Scorsese would find Fran Lebowitz funny, but uh, Phil Stutz is not uh, that funny. He's just kind (laughs) of like a normal guy with a bit of a maybe New York accent and kind of has, you know, has a lot of dry older guy humor and it's not that funny, but Jonah's always just dying to the whole documentary (laughs) and it's, it's kind of sweet, but 
overall, I'd give this documentary maybe a D plus to a C minus. Uh, yeah, in total. Um, I know we don't usually give ratings, but I'm yeah, just where did that su- come from? I'm just trying to like, <laughs> I'm just trying to like summarize. I'm just trying to summarize my thoughts. Yeah, I'm going Fantano wow. in the middle of this, but <laughs> I, I'm just trying to summarize how I uh, basically say that I overall I did feel negative about it, even though I mm. did have you know all the I I, I want to so I do, all the positive things I had to say about the documentary don't uh, <laughs> like you know don't outweigh the bad, I guess. Well, I would give Spiderhead two out of five bananas on my scale. <laughs> Three bananas. <laughs> yeah, everybody has a different scale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Joda's going through a rough uh, time career-wise because she has that new movie with Eddie Murphy um, that I oh, yeah. I watched the first about 30 minutes and it was very unfunny and... And he wrote it too, and it's very unfunny. He really winky and really Jonah's got like a kind of a, a hip nature surfer kind of energy to him, and that's what came out in this movie. And I turned it off immediately because, yeah, I, I didn't want to see that. But uh, but yeah, Stutz also looks awful. So poor Jonah, I guess yeah. is the moral of that. It just seems like there's more and more just because of how things are nowadays with so many like niche and weird things. And especially with how popular therapy is now that there's just mm-hmm. a lot of like self-indulgent celebrity uh, mm-hmm. creative projects now like this. Right. Like there was also a couple years ago that uh, there was some Netflix documentary called like have a great trip or something like that. And it was just interviewing a bunch of celebrities on their like psychedelic trips Oh yeah, yeah. They found it was terrible. just like, yeah. what is this? Like, why? Why do does anybody care about this? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is just for these like celebrities to sound you know cool or whatever because they did they took right. mushrooms and then went to Joshua Tree or something and uh, <laughs> something weird happened. Um, so yeah. I'll go off that like for another thing I watched just real quick, which is like a good version of this, and it's like celebrity like mental health stuff. I I watched that like Selena Gomez documentary my mind in me and i thought that was actually like for someone who's that huge was actually like as down to earth and like um like i understood like what she's going through more than like you know for for someone that huge i was like okay this is like i really understand where she's coming from mm. here you know and how fucked up her like life is being this famous you know and stuff and, and like i i was i'm like more empathetic for like something like that i guess it, it felt just very uh real you know it felt authentic uh when stutz is like trying to be like like i said all all uh like weird and artsy and experimental and all that like the rehearsal section of it and all that weird stuff hmm. interesting all right uh I guess is it my turn now? Yeah. All right. Uh, I will bring up, I don't know if you guys are planning on bringing this one up too, but uh, Amsterdam, David O. Russell. I definitely was. (laughs) Um, I was not uh, just because it's one of those that I don't remember a lot from it. 
Me neither. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's part of the reason it's on my list is I, so I'm uh, hoping you guys were going to remember something. Yeah. You guys know anything? Uh, I am freezing up. <laughs> but uh, I got to say, I just really think I do not care at all about David O. Russell. Uh, this is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> coming from his past few movies that I just, even with Silver Linings Playbook, which I didn't, uh, I it definitely wouldn't be on like my worst another, of list. Another. But there's another like mental health movie. Yeah, oh, dear. Yeah. I hate mental health and therapy, man. It's all, it's all a shame. Yeah, we're, we're, we are very, <laughs> we do seem to be very right on the mental health stuff over here right now. For the record, Sorry. I give, I give therapy a gold star or <laughs> 10 out of 10 ice cream cones. Uh, yeah. Uh, Amsterdam. I really just, I uh, just, do not care about about these movies. I remember American Hustle too. I just I forgot about yeah, it completely that, after I, it was over. I do not care about American Hustle, but people like love that shit yeah. for some reason. They really do. All, I, I think it's all like the movie trailer. Like I remember the trailer for that looks really cool. Yeah, it was the like, Led Zeppelin was playing and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like these four stars at the height of their career, or whatever you know. And oh, truly, yeah. yeah. Jennifer Lawrence has that accent, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone was obsessed with Jennifer Lawrence then. And then, yeah, you actually see the movie and it's just a dud. And yeah, that's kind of this too. It's got a, such a great cast, but it's just like, what is the point of cast. any of this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, De Niro, Anya Taylor-Joy, Rami Malek, Chris Rock. I, well, yeah. That's yeah. the thing too. Is there, you can literally keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Taylor and I didn't Swift. even name. Yeah. All, everyone, Andrew Taylor Riseboro, Swift, yeah. Mike Myers. They're just like a oh, such a weird, unending list of celebrity cameos in this too. So it odd, was, yeah. It was really People distracting. People really respect and him in the industry a lot for some reason. I I don't and I've never entirely understood it. Um, yeah, I was looking up a little bit more about him too, and uh, apparently he's had like some huge blowups on set. Um. Yeah, Lily like Tomlin. Like Huckabee's. Yeah, Lily yeah. Tomlin. Yeah, there's like that video is that. intense, man. There's a funny uh, anecdote that apparently he put Christopher Nolan into a headlock because <laughs> he wanted Jude Law, or he, uh, yeah, he wanted Jude Law for I Heart Huckabee's, and Nolan was planning on casting him in like The Prestige, and at like the Oscars or something, he like headlocked Nolan, and Nolan apparently just like despised, obviously. Like he doesn't like him the... anymore. <laughs> he doesn't fuck with the O Russell anymore. Yeah. There's <laughs> the so many stories too. Suck. There's so many. Yeah. There's so many. There's a lot of stories of O Russell where he's just screaming at actors, and I, I don't have much respect for him either as an artist or a person. Yeah, it seems like a real shit bag. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I mean this movie too. I just. I think this is like, uh, not that he gives a fuck, but this is the last straw. Like, I don't think I'm going to watch. Mm. I don't think I can get to watch <laughs> myself nice. to watch any of these this movies. A, this is a anymore. big moment. The yeah. last straw of, of David O. Russell. Yeah, listen gone. here, David O. Russell. I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> you better stop making these movies. He's going to put you in a headlock. I'm not going to watch. Be careful. Yeah. yeah I, know you right, got, yeah. I know you got literally every talented famous person in your movie but i personally didn't like it for some just reason the customer yeah cooper and like <laughs> christian bale like ride or die for this guy but yeah it's like, yeah yeah really odd and de niro of all people 
Yeah, De Niro uh, for some reason. I think he, it was just so undeniable with silver linings and like a, the fighter and stuff that people he's kind of rode that wave, but he's kind of crashed and burned like many right. like joy was a big flop, too. And this was like, yeah, he took five years off um, for God knows what. And this is what he comes back with. I feel like Hollywood's not going to give him any more chances for for a good while now. So kind yeah, of a I blessing. Felt like this, this movie was um, I felt like this was a. Uh... A lot of style and not really anything going actually yeah. to take away from it. That's the main thing I thought. I felt like the actors all were trying to, like it was shot with a style and edited with a style, like did with an art auteur mindset. And then like all the actors definitely were like trying to like, you know, act like, especially like they are a part in something you know, it's like just overlap. The, his thing is like overlapping dialogue and quick cutting around to yeah, like this yeah. hyper realism that you know Michael Mann kind of does in in certain ways. And each his is just so obnoxious though, and really every character is really mean spirited and kind of unlikable. And there's a forced yeah. bond between John David Washington and Bale and Robbie that says like negative chemistry between them, and you're supposed to feel like this kind of family fast and furious aspect to like their <laughs> relationships but there's literally nothing there and and they're amazing actors so i i you have to think it's just the way he directs and writes them into the story is just off um and the, yeah the movie just ugh, headache inducing yeah it, it's just really hard for me to care about any of the characters or or what was you know what was going on because it was just so uninteresting and dull um and all i wanted was yeah. to care about the characters yeah. come on give me a story <laughs> i felt the same with american hustle where it's just all this flash and just kind of yeah showy style yeah and like yeah i love all those all those actors are tremendous it's just kind of i think i i think i actually hate american hustle like oh it's awful I, I never think about it ever but whenever i they do think about it I, i'm like i definitely hate that i think it's a movie that it was nominated for like 12 Oscars and everyone's like, this is the next like Goodfellas for the new generation. And you watch yeah. it and it's just like the most try hard, like con movie you've ever seen in your life. And Silver yeah. Lines, Silver Lines Playbook is the one movie that I, you know, you can have upwards respect for David O. Russell, but I don't know, man. Yeah, I didn't out. mind that or or the fighter. Fighter's good. Too, um, yeah. Those are all right. But uh Yeah. Yeah, these last few just really been tough to get through. Um, mm. And even, yeah, I just, it's just so forgettable too. You know, I remember, yeah, okay, Christian Bale and John David Washington are, are close friends, you know, from the war. But it's like, what, yeah, again, there's like no chemistry between any of these characters. You would think that they maybe just met yesterday, how they act around each other. So, right. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I really stopped. Uh, it just didn't hold my interest uh, pretty much at all um, from early on. So I had to include it in this list. It took me like five different sittings. I, I watched it when I had COVID and I would watch like 30 minutes. Then I would watch, you know, throw on another movie because I could. I would just it took like so many different increments to finish it because it was so brutal. 
and yeah, I was yeah, like I doing definitely the dishes, took more than one too. Doing... I took more than yeah. one as well. Like ate two different meals. Like, exactly. <laughs> while yeah. I was watching it. It took a full day from like sunrise to sundown for it to be. Like over. I think I was <laughs> like I might have been like drinking wine during one sitting, drinking coffee the next. <laughs> I'm just like, when will this be over? Um, but yeah, all right, that's a good one too, or a bad one. Or um, what would you give it one. out of well, of your rating system? Uh, I would give it uh, one and a half out of uh, twelve uh, ice cream cones. I'll stick with ice cream cones. Mm, yeah. Okay. So kind of like <laughs> a Seven Eleven. Wow. Twelve. Twelve, or 12 is the highest. Yeah. There's twelve ice cream cones. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> on the scale. <laughs> 12 is oh, that's pretty bad. Bold. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, so the norm is like out of 12 is le- it's less than like say what a 1 out of 10 would be far far yeah, less, oh, you know, cuz oh, it's out way of, worse, yeah. Cuz it's out of 12, you know, so that's way worse than a yeah. 1 out of 10. And a 1, you know, a 1 like has like a good a good scoop on top. But then like the half, it's like that. It's like a half eaten cone, you know, it's like the cone yeah, cracks just, halfway through the. Yeah. Yeah. One of those like 7-Eleven. Oh, yeah. Cones or something with a little tiny paper around it. And it's all just dripping down your hand. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. not good. Yeah. And it's like 102 degrees out and you're just that's what it feels like to watch that movie. I agree. No napkins. Yeah. They're, they're out of napkins, like, too. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're just licking your hand, all the ice cream yeah. off your hand. Yeah. That definitely describes watching Amsterdam. Yeah, it totally <laughs> does. <laughs> all, all right. right. Uh, it's back to you, Jake, for our next mm-hmm. round of the baddies. Sure thing. Uh, if you can see behind me, I have an uncharted background. And that was purposeful because I'm going to talk about tw- 2022's Uncharted. Uh, which was very, very bad in my opinion. Um, I'm not going to get into one of the... It's such a broken record, all these people that are like, it's impossible to adapt video games to the big screen. Like, I couldn't care less less about that whole trend, honestly. It's kind of just hearsay. Um, and there's the new show, The Last of Us, that's really great. Um, so who cares about that? I just wanted a fun kind of turn-your-brain-off action movie, which you typically would get in February. But man, man, this movie, similar to what John was saying about uh, Amsterdam, I couldn't I couldn't get myself to care about anything going on. Um, Big fan of the game. So I guess it does play into it. But um, this movie was just kind of haphazardly strung together. I felt like there was no through line to anything to create a very uh, engaging plot, in my opinion. Um, uh, I mean, I've ripped on Tom Holland a lot in my life, so I I don't really want to go after him so much, but I think he was very, very miscast for this role. Um, I think he's a very charismatic guy, but I I feel like there's more of a grizzle that was lacking in his performance, more of like, you know, Harrison. We need more of a Harrison Ford, Brennan Fraser type to play Nathan Drake, in my opinion. Um, Marky Mark is kind of like one of those actors that's kind of, fallen off the map and does his own, own weird, you know, conservative propaganda movies. And then when a big director calls him in, he'll do like a, a, a silly blockbuster like this. So I'm not Mark Wahlberg isn't a big ticket item for me these days either. So this movie was just kind of dead on arrival, you know, like there's nothing to draw you in, in my opinion, unless you're like 15 years old and you love Tom Holland from the Spider-Man movies. 
Um, but yeah, and each set piece was kind of very uninspired. The pirate ship thing has been done to death. The plane sequence is, is just all stripped directly from the games. There's nothing really there's nothing really to just to, to latch onto is my biggest thing. And it's kind of the trend of Hollywood blockbuster. Like even if they're going to veer away from a superhero movie, it has to be like a set property that at least some people know. So, you know, Uncharted was a big game about a decade ago. Um, and yeah, and, and they kind of just, they kind of just, you know, this, they, they, they get a half big script and a mediocre director and sees what happened. And, it sucks. I'm not. I. I think it's a one out of twelve uh, blueberries. You know, nothing. Nothing oh. really to write home about. And uh, I hope they never make a an uncharted movie ever again. Uh, is how I feel about that. Uh, yeah. F- fuck it. <laughs> this one was also on my on my worst of list too. Um. But I'm glad you mentioned uh, The Last of Us because that I have been loving The Last of Us show. Yeah, it's a Naughty Dog show property too. Yeah. It's kind of kind of like saved them for their. I thought John was gonna be like, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned the blueberries though. <laughs> yeah, good column the blueberries. Yeah, the thing I pulled out of my ass like <laughs> mid sentence. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I feel like with, uh, I mean, I am also a big fan of the games and all of like naughty dog games, you know, the last of us too. Um, yeah. But the thing is like, like I feel like the last of us works because it's like a interesting story and it's like a good story. Yeah. When I play like the uncharted games. I don't really give a shit about the story all that much. Like I, it's more about, I don't know the, the gameplay. Like I don't care necessarily right. that we're going, except maybe in the fourth one, I thought that one was better. Um, but mm. it's, it's like, I don't really care about this random uh, pendant that, Sir Francis Drake lost or whatever that we're trying to find. You know, I don't don't always care about that specifically. So then it's like, and they always talked about how the, how cinematic the uncharted games are and Mm -hmm. everything. And of course there's a scene where he's, he's attached to like 300 crates uh, out of a plane and he's like trying to climb up them just in the game from the third game, I think. Right. Yeah. And so it's like just recreating that. It's just like there's still no like interesting story or anything going on here that no is worth is worth watching. And it is kind of corny too. And extremely, yeah, yeah. And I feel like there are video games that are corny too. That it's just not a that you can accept in the video game, but not necessarily in a movie. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I won't go too far down that video game ap- adaptation uh, rabbit hole, but. Yeah, yeah, I also just couldn't stand this. And I feel like it's been talked about being made into a movie for so long now because yeah, dude. They know it'll make money, but yeah, I feel like that that's the only purpose of it really. Even when I was like 12 and I was playing Uncharted 2 and they're like people were talking about adapting it and I'm like this is already the most cinematic game that you could ever play in your life. Like what what do you what what could add to it for being a movie, you know? It's, yeah. it's already so like if everyone said, oh, it's like you're watching a movie, then you make a movie off of a game like that. It's just it's kind of a losing battle to me. Yeah, I just rather play the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last of Us is amazing, though. That's a, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, this is just a random thing, but Nathan Fillion, Fillion, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, he's a huge fan of the Uncharted series too. And people like fans really wanted him to be playing Nathan Drake because he's a fan of the series and he looks so much like him and he made like yeah. his own sort of fan video. Um, so yeah, if anyone out there hasn't seen that, watch that. It's, it's pretty good. It's not, you know, probably better than the movie, right? Yeah. It's, it's way better than the movie. And it, it's clearly like just a very small budget independent mm. thing that, that he made. But uh, yeah, it, it was way more, um, way more exciting than this movie was. Well, it's a big age gap for casting. Cause Tom's like my age and Nathan Fillion's probably like 50 at this point. So, yeah i, I also yeah. found it weird that they had tom holland be be nathan drake and i guess it's because they wanted to apparently they wanted to start with a younger nathan drake but it's probably more so that they just wanted tom holland because he's spider-man and he's a huge star but yeah it's a big ticket item man yeah yeah it sucks yeah that's it yeah i don't have a ton to personally say about it because it's one of those i just really turned my brain off when i watch it and uh Mm. didn't think about it all as it went on it went down do you air fry Um, some chicken during it you know and cleaned up your room stuff like that no i was like i was unwinding for sure but like i definitely just had nothing to think about any of it, you know. What I mean? It is one of those movies. Yeah, it's like, what do I even bring? From yeah, I, was, I think I was just kind of happy to be watching a stupid movie and like that had action. I was like, wow, there's action sequences in this. You know, I kinda, <laughs> there's all these fight scenes. You know, I was kind of like, and those aren't that bad. You know, so I might might have yeah. enjoyed those. You know, they're like, yeah, they're very passive. And I, yeah, you know, and I, I think Mark Wahlberg's, uh, just him <laughs> being there made me laugh. Uh, you know, <laughs> That's Mark true. Wahlberg is kind of funny, and yeah, I just kind of thought it was a kind of sort of enjoy fun, not enjoyable, but like I had fun at moments, and I thought it was, but it was a f- definitely stupid movie. I definitely didn't think it was a. Uh, true to the games uh, at all i don't even play those that much but i thought it was kind of obvious that this it's a movie not being true to any sort of source material because there is uh no material (laughs) in the movie you know like really they just kind of plucked out like set pieces from each game kind of right where he climbs stuff or he's being chased by bad guys well and especially Um, the way the story is set up you know in it you know the way the characters meet i just feel um doesn't it didn't seem to come from one of the games necessarily mm-hmm. and uh i do think originally it was supposed to be brian cranston yeah he's the sully role yeah. which is like perfect casting really God. but then yeah somehow he drops out and they go with mark Wahlberg. who <laughs> it is funny to see him in this but he's just totally not right for for that right character. yeah the whole teaser where he has his mustache at the end it's kind of just like so laughable. What? Are yeah. They and what's the like one liner they have about drinking at the bar? I forget. Mark, there's no way. Why would we remember that? I, yeah, remember I can that? tell you that. Mark Wahlberg has spider some one liner that he, he has spider face. <laughs> he says spider head too for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a spider head on the rocks. Spider head on the rocks. Yeah. So I think that's that's enough about Uncharted for me. I, I don't have anything else to add. Yeah, so go watch The Last of Us instead. Okay. My next movie I have talked about before. So I won't like 
go crazy or anything or maybe <laughs> or maybe i will i'll oh. just figure so i'll find something to go crazy about but we'll see uh because my next movie is uh light year um it's very Ooh. sad to have to put a movie with bu- about buzz lightyear on the worst of the year list yeah that's depressing um, yeah and I, I and i think there is maybe like i think maybe my connection to uh you know buzz and all the toy story stuff maybe may influence me to dislike this film more like 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 that there's worse films out there like because when i think about it like amsterdam is so much worse than this you know what i mean (laughs) and but like because i don't care about it um about amsterdam and i do care about maybe a buzz lightyear movie more just because of the childhood connection i think i was more offended by um, Lightyear being uh, mm. of, of you know uh, lacking originality um, for the most part. It, I can't say poor quality. I mean, because you know they it's Pixar Disney. They put a ton of uh, animation budget into it, so you definitely see that as you're watching it. Um, I just felt story wise, um, I, I found uh, nothing really interesting or neat necessary about Lightyear. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just because of that was uh, kind of annoyed that it was a movie because I felt like it had no, uh, real <laughs> connection to the old Buzz Lightyear, uh, at all. Jeez. I did Tim Allen dirty, man. Didn't cast him and just shat all over his work. Right. And also <laughs> if you, uh, listen to Tim Allen in the press, he agrees with me. Tim Allen and I agree. <laughs> <laughs> oh Yeah. I think there's, I there's think, probably a lot more that you guys wouldn't agree on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I, I didn't even mean on the movies. I just meant we generally agree on, <laughs> yeah, on most things. Yeah. We, voted, <laughs> we voted together and all I that. Find, <laughs> I find... I tend to look for it to him for advice, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah he has great insight, yeah. But overall, I would give Lightyear 12 out of a hundred roses so that means it had to have even though there's 12 it would it needed a hundred you know still a pretty full bouquet of roses though but that's not enough it's like a it's it's for a wedding it's for like a wedding yeah Yeah, it's nothing (laughs) damn 12 percent then 12% 12% I, I gave it a 12% yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> on Rotten Roses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, Lightyear also spawned one of the dumbest controversies with like conservatives uh, that, you know, like Ben Shapiro that hates Disney because apparently there's like a kiss scene between two women. <laughs> and so there was all those protests from like conservatives and, you know, Christians who don't want to expose their kids to LGBTQ stuff. Uh, in Disney movies, which is that's like the only thing people talk about that movie for, and that it's they're like, oh, it sucks, and it's also, <laughs> yeah. So it's this that kind of just made the world a lot worse. That movie. Um, uh, I didn't know about that. Either. Gave conservatives, you know, a, a a thing to talk about, which we don't really need, you know. Well, Fuck, I guess to push my uh, to push my political agenda more on the right side of things, I'll give it a I'll give it a few more roses for those uh, you know for, for the gay kiss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's nice. So I don't look too bad. Tim Allen was probably fuming at that too. 
Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Which also speaking of that's that's the only criticism of the most recent episode of The Last of Us too is the uh, yeah yeah the gayness of it the know? gayness of it yeah you can't show that gay people exist you know and <laughs> in some of these uh, these worlds that people live in. It was one of the best episodes of a show I've seen in a long time, though, for me. It was, yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, really great. Caught me off guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, that's, enough, that's enough about Lightyear. <laughs> Every time a movie ends, like, let's stop talking about this now. <laughs> yeah, let's just stop. We're <laughs> just wasting life on each movie. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, I will bring up one that I. Again, I think you guys maybe would also bring up, um, but it's the bubble, uh, the Judd Apatow movie. Uh, and yet again, we have another big, talented cast in a really uh, big stinker of a movie. And uh, again, it's also like COVID related too, which I'm just so over, you know, I'm just so over. Yeah. Like we we all lived it and and like experienced that. We get it like the realities of it were, you know, there, there's enough stories or things to talk about already. You know, we don't need, we don't need more of that. Um, uh, and yeah, so this, of course, this has Karen, Karen Gillan, Iris Apatow. I don't know why they're like the first two billing on Letterboxd here. Hmm. Um, also yeah, Fred are. Armisen, Maria Bakalova, David Duchovny, Keegan-Michael Key, Leslie Mann, Kate McKinnon, Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal, I totally forgot he was. Right? Damn. Yeah. Um, I guess they're like the main ones, but. Right. Yeah. A uh, story about a film production in the middle of COVID. And it was, uh, again, really boring, unfunny, uh, waste of talent. Uh, and especially, you know, Judd Apatow, who uh, I think we we're all fans of. And yeah. Um, he's done obviously great things even recently too. I mean, I think was uh King of Staten Island, his most recent movie before this one. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That really, was like, uh, yeah. During COVID, right. When that came out. Yeah, that's right. That was like mm-hmm. one of the first, first like non theater movies. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. King of Staten Island, I really enjoyed too. Um, and yeah, this one was just what it's, this is one of those comedies where I feel like, comedies maybe more so than other ones are easier to watch when they're bad but also more grating because uh the jokes just never land uh and yeah that that's kind of it's kind of how it went with this I, I don't really you don't really know how it happened when you have these like funny talented people all together but somehow it did and it sucks yeah and i, I guess I, it just shows uh comedies all still hard i guess comedy, you know? yeah I mean, comedy can be hard yeah even if you the, have the king of comedy yeah movies at the helm you know what i mean like yeah the greatest of his generation makes one of the worst comedies in a long time it's it's pretty depressing to see you know what it's also because like he's never done a satire like this before i feel like he was just out of his wheelhouse kind of right I know, you know i know yeah him and like him and mckay just should steer clear and i think it'll be this will be harder to say to mckay yeah 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 but he's never going back steer clear of the of the satires you know i agree yeah don't look up i think was one on our worst of list last year 
two years ago, whenever that came out. Yeah, um, too. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I would give the bubble seven out of eighty-four bubbles. Oh, um, nice! You can incorporate the. Yeah, I'll incorporate the the, its own title in it. Uh, yeah. The bubble scale. <laughs> the Apatow bubble scale. <laughs> it gets a seven out of 84. <laughs> so I was watching like Bill Maher has this like show where he like stands at a bar. Club and random. Like, yeah. And he's like, I'm yeah. like your bartender. Talk at the bar, you know? And he has an episode where he has a uh, Tarantino and Apatow there. And of course, you know, Quentin like talks the whole fucking time (laughs) (laughs) and uh everyone just watches Quentin talk and but then there was like a comment uh that there's a comment that kind of like annoyed me and someone said uh god to even act like Judd Apatow is in the same league as Quentin Tarantino and I was just like, I, I never even comment on things, but I just said kind of fuck. You it replied just, to it. I replied. I replied. I was like, shut up, <laughs> <laughs> bitch ass. <laughs> it was just that such an stupid, annoying, yeah. stupid comment. You know, one of those. Yeah, that's yeah. horrible. <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about the bubble, I guess that 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 would make sense, but. The bubble first once upon a time in Hollywood if yeah. you're saying that, then Judd doesn't look very good, but Judd, of course, uh, you know, Judd's done funny people and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so. funny people is an all-timer. Yeah, we can forgive him for the bubble, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> because he had more bubbles on his other movies. Yeah, funny yeah, people. Funny. That's, yeah, a, that's up there in like the 70 bubble range. That's like know? a 70, <laughs> 79 out of 84 <laughs> bubbles right there. Near perfect bubble ratio. Yeah, yeah, really. All right. This is where things get a little controversial because this is a somewhat beloved film. Uh, definitely garnered a lot of awards attention. Um, but I don't think you guys have actually seen this movie yet. Um, but the, I'm going to talk about The Whale. Um which is Darren Aronofsky's new movie. And I'm genuinely always really excited when he releases a new film because he's a very uh, eccentric director. He always swings for the fences and kind of foregoes any subtlety in his movies. And half the time it really works. And the other half, it kind of falls on its face, in my opinion. Uh, And The Whale is one of those that really fell on his face for me. From what I've seen, it might be his worst film so far. Um, and there's a there's a really good narrative going around about this movie about Brendan Fraser and how he's hasn't been acting for the past decade or so, you know, kind of took a step back from Hollywood. So I I, I support that narrative and I, I support his campaign because he's he's very good in the movie um, and he seems like a very genuine and just caring person in general. Um, but this movie, man, is just very disingenuous to a very. uh very sub uh just taboo subject matter um essentially about a man who um semi spoiler in common he is basically on his deathbed um from extreme obesity and it's the the movie kind of takes place over a week period where he kind of reconciles his life choices and tries to make amends with his daughter and stuff like that um and it's it's adapted from a stage play so it's very uh stage like it all takes place in his apartment um 
characters kind of come and go and play off of Brendan Fraser's character. Um, but yeah, this movie is just so laughably on the nose with its subject matter and metaphors. Um, it's very mean spirited towards obesity, which, you know, could definitely work for like a cautionary tale sort of movie. But this was sort of like demonizing. I mean, the title says it all. It's kind of like demonizing this man who clearly went through traumatic things in his life. Um, and obviously, you know, you are you're supposed to empathize with him. But just the way that it's go going about is very um, it's kind of exploitative for the subject matter, you know, for like a, a really bad epidemic in in, in the country. Um, and and yeah, there's a lot of like poorly timed jokes about his weight. And there's a lot of um, just really extreme tonal shifts that kind of um, are used to heighten like how shitty he feels and how shitty we're supposed to, you know, perceive his character. Um, there's just a lot wrong with this movie that, you know, it it's almost impossible to adapt. Like the play is probably just atrocious. And I know like Aronofsky said he saw the play like a decade ago and was so moved by it. But um, I could just imagine it being the most like straight out of uh, playwriting school sort of bullshit. Like how could I, you know, cause an, cause an audience to cry on command sort of thing where it's just kind of like a forced tearjerker sort of thing um and yeah again i i hate saying this because aronofsky is a director i i very much admire you know like mother had a similar reputation where it was very mixed amongst people's reactions and i i'm one of those people that really loved that film but the whale just kind of missed the mark and uh uh yeah um it's kind of uh it's kind of feels like aronofsky went backwards and kind of kind of uh, caved into all the, this perception that people have of him and kind of like all of his worst instincts as a, a director who goes for it every time. This is kind of like the worst version of what could possibly happen, in my opinion, which is controversial because a lot of people love this film and love Brendan Fraser. So so it's tough to talk about. But yeah, that's it for me. It's like uh, he eats a lot of pizza in the film, like pounds of pizza. So I'll give it a I'll give it three Domino's pizzas out of 20 Giordano's. So that's, you know, take that. Yeah, for well, what it is. Interesting scale there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always got to always got to compliment the scale choices. <laughs> so that'd be like a 3% out of a hundred. If you were to factor in the con- conversion rates. Oh, we know how much Giordano's is worth. <laughs> How many yeah. whales out of uh, ooh eighty thousand whales would you give out him? of eighty thousand? Man, yeah. probably like one at two and a half humpback whales, uh, orcas. Wow. I give That's Avatar the Way of Water like a thousands of whales, <laughs> <laughs> thousands of whales. Uh, yeah, I've not uh, seen the whale. Um, me neither. Um, but I know I I following the press. Like, you know, the mm. narrative for sure heavily because it's all, you know, the talk is about Brendan Fraser and this performance. And I, I do I did see the clip of him at the Globes and he's giving his like speech and people mm-hmm. are just like weeping for this guy and applauding yeah, yeah. so much, you know, for his like turnaround in his career. And it's I mean, like good for him and all, but it is such a like Hollywood thing that's going on. Yeah, you know, it's... that's like um 
And I like, you know, good for good for him and stuff. It's just uh, this movie sounds fucking depressing, uh, like and not like enjoyable or anything like sure not like an experience where i'll gain anything from it at all you know where i'll well, learn that's a lot of Aronofsky films you know they're all bleak yeah. and they're all kind of nihilistic in some ways but they could be done elegantly and and very truthfully but this movie just felt fake in every regard you know and i get not like an aronofsky as a director like i totally understand that but but yeah this was this was just just a bad it's a bad choice for everyone involved you know but uh brendan's back which is good i mean he's he's gonna be in the scorsese movie next year so that's cool he was in that soderbergh i don't know if you guys saw that soderbergh movie no sudden move but he was he was in that and right it's cool yeah forgot about that it's cool he's back you know it's just this was this is not the right movie in my opinion to kind of announce your big comeback to acting for him you know even though he's good in the movie it's just he's representing kind of a very disingenuous piece of art in my opinion Hmm. yeah he also seems always like he's in a very like no like he's in in like in in interviews right now he seems like he's just in a very intense place yeah also after doing this you know He's a very he's emotional, so very guy. serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. so serious. But I like, understand. I guess he did just gain a shit ton of like weight and like do this movie. So, like, well, he wore he wore like he wore prosthetics. He didn't actually gain the weight, but he didn't fully gain the weight. No, no, or... he probably gained some, but the 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 character is like six hundred <laughs> pounds. That's true. That would be fucking. He would die insane. if he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aronofsky's yeah. insane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That'd, be, that'd be fucking insane yeah he actually like, ate all he had those to pizzas do, he had to do it in six months <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a scene in the movie where his character is like going on an eating rampage it's kind of like the the big fallout of the movie when everything goes wrong and he like he takes like three slices of pizza and pours like de- deli meat and ranch all over and just goes like and everyone <laughs> oh. in the theater was just cracking up but it's meant to be like a very horrific moment <laughs> But it just it just played for comedy, and he's like eating like Twix bars in each hand, which is like, <laughs> and it's like we're not supposed to be like he's literally killing himself right now, and we're all just like ah. <laughs> so it didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> all right. So yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I, I'm gonna. I'll probably watch that eventually. Uh, oh, I'm, now I'm. Now I'm just so hungry too after all that food <laughs> yeah, talk. Yeah, get, get some Pizza Hut <laughs> while you watch it. It's a good. Uh, I feel like eating. It'll three enhance your experience. To myself. <laughs> I feel like eating three Domino's pizzas out of twenty-two Giordano's <laughs> right now. Yeah. Uh, all right, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll get to it eventually. I just would prefer if it was uh, free. That's my, that definitely. Yeah. Uh, the preference. It's- it's worth a watch because it's very artfully made and it's it's a ve- it's a movie unlike you've ever seen before like in terms of the narrative and the subject matter so it's definitely it's an interesting failure you know all right so unlike uh, David O Russell I am always interested in what Darren Aronofsky mm-hmm. makes whether or not I, I like it that much in the end but did you like uh, yeah. mother I I was mixed on mother I I liked it but I didn't love it like a lot of people loved it but i also didn't hate it mm, like I, I felt like it was very divisive but uh i remember liking it more um 
after I like had some more time to think about it really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I lot. feel like that's, <laughs> yeah, I feel like with a lot of his movies, it's kind of just a lot to take in uh, all at once, but, um, but yeah, absolutely. And I, have you guys seen him on uh, parts unknown? Yeah. Did yeah. You, you like two yeah. episodes. Uh, no, no. Uh, Darren Darren Oscar. Darren. Yeah, oh, yeah. Which, which he was episode? friends with Bourdain. Yeah. Yeah. He was on the Bhutan and the Madagascar episodes. Mm-hmm. And he's, I thought he was so great. Wow. Like he's, he's wow. like a really, really cool like, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Really like positive, mm-hmm. interesting, like sentimental, sensitive he's guy. I love him. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. his WTF is really good too. I recommend it. Oh, cool. He's a, just yeah. a really genuine person. Yeah. It seemed like a really just like good guy that, it, and it's like, how do you make some of these like fucked up things? <laughs> yeah. But he yeah. seems just like a, a really like gentle, nice guy. Um, but yeah, yeah, Luke, I'd recommend those. You'd, you'd like those episodes a lot. Cool. Uh, my next one is an art, mo- art uh, movie also that uh, really kind of sucked. Uh, <laughs> and, it, and it's kind of a, it's a big one. It's, uh, Are you about to talk about The Lost City? No. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, it's Andrew Dominic's Blonde. Oh, uh, I didn't see that I, yet. I definitely thought was uh, very artfully made. Has a lot of very surreal scenes. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of time jumping. A lot of uh, a lot of very well composed scenes. A lot. A lot of this movie actually looks like insanely good. I'd say for the most part. And uh, Ana de Armas looks a lot of the times light exactly like Marilyn Monroe. You almost can't tell the difference at times. Uh, but this movie's a fucking drag. It's very long and it's very just all, it's just showing all this like sad, like fucked up things over and over again in, in like the, within the framing of a lot of like a lot of more of an art housey surreal vision for it. And, uh, it's just kind of, uh, it's kind of like, I wanted it to be better for sure. I wanted it to be better, but I, I felt like, you know, cause just because like, you know, Marilyn Monroe movie and the very idea of doing it in a certain, you know, uh, I don't know, creative way. I like the idea of that, but, uh, this movie just like, I felt like almost nothing in it, uh, besides the look and besides the casting of Ana de Armas, I almost felt like nothing worked in it. Uh, pretty much. I would just like watch scene after scene. I'm like, yeah, this doesn't work either. And, and so, yeah, just as a whole, didn't work. Felt very hard to get through. It's very long. And uh, movies, mm. especially when they're trying to be very ambitious and art- artistic and and uh, when they wet the bed, it it kind of hurts even more. And I felt like maybe that was the case with The Whale and it's definitely the case Absolutely. with Blonde uh, for me. Yeah, I haven't watched that because of the runtime is so insane. Um, I, d- I want to see it because I'm trying to watch all the Oscar nominated movies and Anna got nominated. So that's that. Yeah, but I, I I'm very I have very little motivation to sit through that movie, honestly. And like even watching the trailer, the cinematography is like incredible, but I could tell it's just kind of like a hollow piece of, you know, Hollywood. uh uh 
exploration you know that's been done a lot you know where it's like Mm -hmm. yeah talking about the trauma associated with hollywood so yep yeah that's what it is it's definitely one about trauma uh, (laughs) for sure like uh the halloween movies uh um yeah (laughs) but uh curtis yeah yeah but like i you know there's like there is like going back to like something like brendan fraser too you know there's there's such a culture among hollywood especially when these award times come around where they are so supportive of everything of that each that each of them are doing no matter what the hell it is for instance like colin farrell he wins his golden globe yeah he's you he gets amazing. on there. Yeah, he gets on there immediately. He's like, Anna, you made me cry and blonde. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, like the second he gets up there. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God. Like, I kind of liked that though, because no one's ever done that in an Oscar speech or a- any speech where they just compliment the presenter. And Colin's such a nice guy. I feel but... like they kind of do sometimes, though. I feel maybe not I've the never presenter, seen, but I've they, seen like so many. Maybe I'm thinking of their that. fellow nominees. No, maybe. yeah, they'll say it's yeah. like, the people in the crowd, but Anna was just presenting the, the she had nothing to do with anything. And he that's was just true. Like, I think that's more of his like good natured. No, he's just a, yeah, than, it's mainly the college. Than his, yeah. than his judge of, uh, of filmmaking. No, you know? I think he's just a good guy. <laughs> and, and I'm sure she's like, you, you don't think she's great in the movie. Like performance. No, nah, she's good. She's really good in the yeah. movie. Right. It's just everything yeah, yeah. she's in the middle of is like, just kind of, just not working mm-hmm. at all so that's it you know but it's she just, of course is good in the movie yeah she's but mm-hmm. uh it, it's for nothing you know it's not really for anything right okay uh have you seen andrew dominic's other films like no jesse james i'm a huge fan of that of him and so i was like really excited because it's been like a decade since he's made a movie and it's kind of sucks that that's this is what he came out with uh like Jesse James is so good. Like I highly recommend everyone watches the the Jesse James film. It's so, it's amazing. Okay. It's been on my list for a while. I haven't gotten to it. I saw it at the New Bev actually last year. Um, and it was the print, uh, the cinema. It's like Roger Deakins' best looking movie in my opinion. It just looks so oh, nice. good. Just man. So yeah, that sucks that it's <laughs> that it's not good. You know. Yeah, I mean that's all I have to say about it. What's your uh, rating? Uh, <laughs> um, lipstick, maybe uh, you could use lipstick. Or something. I don't even know. It's like one out of uh, one out of uh, thirteen female sh- sneakers or female female dress shoes or something like that. High heels, stilettos, yeah. Is that All what right. those are called? <laughs> Stiletto. That's a kind of shoe I know. <laughs> kind of woman shoe. Um, yeah, I mean, you just tremendously impressed me though there. <laughs> Good poll. I have yeah. a vast knowledge of women's sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask why. <laughs> All right. How many? Uh, how many more do you guys have left? I got one. I got one. Yeah, more. I could talk about one more. What is it? Uh, it's, is this the one I'm thinking of? Is it uh, what we talked about earlier? A little uh, bit? No, no. You could talk about that. Okay, then I'll talk about that because I was just going to talk about... I was going to talk about Death of the Nile, which I, I would... It's an honorable mention on my list. Mm. I probably liked it more than these other ones I'm mentioning. But uh, again, it's uh, the theme of my list is like ensembles, apparently. And, they, and uh, there's been some bad ones. 
and not so good ones. And Death of, Death of the Nile was one of them. But uh, instead, I'll bring up a different one that we talked about a little bit earlier. Don't worry, darling. Um, yeah, this was... Uh, who didn't hear about this movie this year, whether they saw it or yeah. not? I think a lot of people saw it still, even with all the controversy, just because uh, curiosity. Um, but yeah, this this one, again, is another ensemble cast. But I would say it's, uh, well, I guess it, it's very heavily on Florence Pugh uh, and Harry Styles, who, right. you know, everyone's probably seen the videos of Harry Styles where his accent is kind of changing throughout uh, his dialogue <laughs> yep <laughs> i haven't really... seen that i should see that oh yeah you should yeah you can't really tell where he's supposed to be from uh or what his voice actually is um because it's always changing but uh yeah yeah it, i think uh i think uh a superior more superior actor in this role would have helped the the movie a little bit but not enough shia a good movie. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Um, and of course there was some issues with him, which was, uh, probably shitty on Olivia Wilde's end that, uh, that video that came out about her trying to convince Florence Pugh or, uh, Oh, trying to convince Shia to come back to the movie, even though Florence Pugh wasn't comfortable with it. Uh, yeah. She threw Florence like under the bus. Yeah. Which it sucks because she is, far and away the only like good, good thing, thing about this yeah. movie yeah. yeah yeah for real she's genuinely really good and and does well with the material and yeah this is a this is like a a movie just taking advantage of the uh you know woman power movement like woman equality and and overcoming the patriarchy and uh and also, you know, tying in these weird sci-fi aspects that uh, <laughs> was really, yeah, just kind of silly and goofy at the end. Uh, oh, boy. You know, it's and it's also like not that unique of a concept either. Like it's very Stepford Wives. Um, and, and there's plenty of other, uh, you know, whether it be Twilight Zone or other shows or movies that have this sort of idyllic suburban world that they live in but it's not what it seems and yeah uh, yeah pleasantville you, you know you could right um, right you could come up with a bunch of different ones but uh yeah yeah and, and then just how it all sort of the mystery of it how it all like pieced together and and led up to the to the climax i found was very just like easy and and uninteresting too you know it's a plane crash and I, it, it all it all felt too like okay why would she even, why would she like hike out to the mountains right like in this scenario you know just you can get nitpicky with with the little details like that but um there was also that, that weird scene where uh they're all like uh chris pine is like gushing over harry styles and then he comes and does a you know song and dance and, and that was goofy yeah. it's like what is this even about like what <laughs> like harry's just <laughs> dancing like a maniac and everything. yeah it's supposed to be like this culture is this cult is taking over their lives and you just don't feel that dread at all you're just kind of laughing at harry styles yeah. acting <laughs> like yeah so yeah. this was a fun one to uh, hate watch i guess Mm-hmm. Not necessarily hate watch, but had low expectations because of what uh, I'd heard about it. And then, um, but you, you have to see it because of all the drama, which was also entertaining and 
uh, and yeah, that that's one of those times where it's fun to be on Twitter for a while to look at uh, all the memes and stuff. But um, mm. yeah, yeah, that's don't worry, darling. Did you guys uh, see that in the theater, or was it on HBO Max when you when you watched? I watched it, it on the Max HBO. Yeah, yeah. So when I saw it in theaters, it was like the opening weekend, and there were definitely a lot of industry people there, like. Um, Because you could hear people applauding during the credits uh, for certain people. Um, So it was like a packed house. But yeah, most of the movie, people were just kind of laughing at Harry Styles' acting um, and the weird plot uh, escalation towards the third act. Um, And everyone just like, man, this becomes like an incel kind of like Jordan Peterson expose or something. It's just like, yeah, it's just so obvious what she was, you know, trying to do. And you could like feel the the story beats that she's like working with, like on screen, where she's like, Oh, it's just all so obvious and, and evident when you're watching it, you know? Yeah. I give it uh two out of 44 abusive husbands. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's how many are in the movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, and I will say also, uh, Chris Pine, I thought was uh, was pretty good in his role. He um, did what he could. Yeah, yeah I, I do like Chris Pine, and I thought for being sort of this like crazy cult leader um, guy in this scenario, I thought I thought he did pretty well. But yeah, overall, not a good movie. All right, so uh, then uh, it's back to Jake. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, final movie that I will talk about is actually my last place film of the year of That's 2022. What I'm doing too. The very worst of the worst. Um, and I think I mentioned this in, in uh, the best of list. Cause there's a funny parallel to this movie to the best, one of the best movies of the year. Um, but uh, my worst film is Pinocchio directed by Robert Zemeckis. Um, <laughs> and so odd that we had two, uh, uh, adaptations of Pinocchio this year um and thankfully one was outstanding and but man the Robert Zemeckis thing is just it kind of goes to show that his uh his uh ambitions as a director have really fallen off the map since he kind of got into this whole um motion capture phase that kind of started with Polar Express that he's kind of got for some reason has become really obsessed with you know um and polar express and the the ebenezer scrooge movie that he did and all welcome to marwin all those movies just look terrible like and <laughs> this movie is uh, maybe the worst of all of them because it it literally just copies and pastes the we were talking about the original pinocchio and how there's aspects that don't work um but there's a charm to it because the animation is so stylish and kind of ahead of its time uh, and dark for the time this is like the lightest most you know airy and non uh dramatic version of pinocchio it's really bright um the animation looks like it was rendered like on adobe after effects or something um just really half-baked visuals and um man what a bad year for tom hanks um not necessarily a bad year but a weird year you know i like him and elvis personally but there's some decisions in that movie that were kind of perplexing um but this movie he played geppetto and he is just off his off his rocker in this movie um 
he's not meant for this role. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt um, plays Jiminy Cricket in like one of the worst voice performances I've ever heard in my life. And this no sh- Joseph Gordon-Levitt wow. even been before this? Like, I don't know. Even but been doing nothing. Like, almost be... forgot who he was. Like you know, <laughs> I don't know, man. But um, but uh, Keegan Michael Key plays the the honest John guy who sort of l- lures him into the uh, carnival. Um, that's all funny. The, that's funny. He's terrible. It's terrible though. Like I don't blame them. <laughs> I as can much. see that he is one note for it's that like role. It's kind of that thing of Lion King where they call it live action, um, uh, live action animation sort of thing where it's really all animated, but it's all done with real actors. So it just has this weird conglomeration of just like it looks like it wants to be a real movie, but it also has all this artificial. You know, kind of like in King Kong or Lord of the Rings, but if that's the, if it's like Smeagol or King Kong, um, the whole and every character looks like that, you know, and all the backdrops are fake and everything is fake. Um, so and it after all this time, it still looks like shit. Like it's 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 <laughs> Polar Express just looks horrible, and this movie like looks just as bad. Um, and yeah, it was one of those movies I watched, and I I like. 30 minutes in, I just pulled out my computer and started just like doing other things while it's playing in the background. Um, yeah. And it's, I kind of put this at the bottom because one, it's, it's just, it, it's a soulless adaptation that Disney keeps doing and doing like Lion King was probably my worst movie of that year for that reason. Um, because it takes no real creative effort or, or any sort of technical, um, uh, uh, technical steps moving forward it's just kind of like recreating sequences that we loved as kids hoping to capture magic again and it just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't matter to anyone really these movies like they're for kids to watch in the background and that's it um so so yeah and i'm just sad that robert zemeckis just kind of is in a terrible because like people like his you know his contemporaries like spielberg are doing great and he's just kind of like fallen the down this weird rabbit hole of motion capture. So, um, so yeah, I would, I would never recommend to anyone this movie on their worst days or anything like that. So rating, um, I'd give it a 0.5 Jiminy crickets out of 69 Jiminy crickets. Rough score. So so like a a little limb of Jiminy cricket still remains. (laughs) Just one cricket leg. <laughs> wow, yeah. It's kind of crazy that uh, Pinocchio came out like 80 years ago and then for some reason this one year, <laughs> yeah, right. two different adaptations. <laughs> Polar That's opposite true. quality. Yeah. yeah. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Um, and I imagine you guys didn't watch that either because most, pe- most sane people would never throw this on. I was just feeling... Yeah, feeling weird and threw it on one day. Yeah, I'm very tired of uh, Pinocchio at this point. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This was before gear mode, so right. It was like one of those things where it was like this was this was just completely in one ear at the other and then the other one i just love it so much. I think Guillermo's coming out motivated me not to watch this one. Yeah, yeah, because you know, yeah. I saw that and I got my fill. You know, mm-hmm. he was probably pissed too because the re- 
it, I'm sure some people just decided to watch this one over that. I'm just like some dumb people that, you know, saw that there were two Pinocchios. Um, I don't know. It probably hurt. One it, looked familiar and the other one. Yeah, didn't. yeah, exactly. So that's, that is the worst film of 2022. If you were to ask me. All right. Um, that's mine, which is my worst film of 2022. Um, I don't know. Is this our last one in general, or John? Or do you have to go again? I forget how we did it. Uh, uh, was I'm like, good. Was was that your last one? All right, so this is our I last. Think that film. was his last. Yeah. Okay. All right, this is our last film. Uh, I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but the beginning of 2022, there was a lot of. Uh, there's only bad movies, really, and it was kind of a. It's almost kind of fun because you just like. Would go to the theater and just watch trailer after trailer of all the like bad stuff that they're putting out, and mm-hmm. one of those happened to be "Marry Me." Sure. One of those happened to be "Uncharted." I'm pretty sure as well. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, there were. I'm trying to think of another one before I mention. Uh, I don't know. There are others, and but this particular one that I have never seen a trailer more times than this. Um, it was uh, the Lost City, um, which the trailers just wouldn't stop playing. It was like, you know, like like an Eminem commercial or something like that. It just I I memorized this trailer beat for beat, how the music cues and everything, and how. Uh, you know, Sandra Bullock being like to Channing Tatum, this is not a romance novel. And then Dan Radcliffe just popping up and be like, you're going to show me the lost city. The lost like, city. Yeah. And, then the, and like, you know, just the whole thing. And, the, and and at the end, Brad Pitt, like pushing her out from the explosion in like, a, in like a wheelbarrow or something like that. And like Channing Tatum running alongside her. And yeah, that's stupid shot that, they use yeah, for everything right yeah. and it's like oh baby baby oh yeah <laughs> that whatever song that is or it goes like keep keep on knocking oh yeah 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 hank yeah. by the ocean yeah yeah oh yeah hank by the ocean <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah what a stupid song mainly because i know stereotypical movie trailer song yeah, yeah mainly because yeah, i associate right. it now with this fucking trailer uh, yeah, and, yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and the way it like fits so perfectly and, and, and i'm sure it appeals to a lot of people out there too which is even more annoying but um yeah <laughs> like i i thought this tr- movie even though the trailer was like really bothering me and like it was not something i would actually like see i i definitely thought like all right maybe that could be you know something that's kind of like marry me where it's like you know it's so bad it's good but it's also like it also has like brad i was thinking it has brad pitt and channing tatum in it you know sandra bullock like maybe there's something there you know there's a reason there in this uh but yeah then i watched it and boy is it atrociously bad like uh ever like specifically the the whole concept behind everything the story is just something that i just don't care about at all just that she's this I don't even know what genre of novelist she's playing in this, where she <laughs> writes these like, you know, adventure stories where she gets she's saved like a y- by some YA. punk. Yeah, yeah it's like, like a like YA for, ad- so, adventure. 
obviously this is not yeah. marketed to me at all. So immediately I find it like really dumb and off-putting and every, it just feels like this is such a product movie. Um, and then on top of that, like Sandra Bullock needs saving all the time. And she just kind of looks like dumb running around in this Island and like this, this purple these, dress. There. Yeah. This purple, no, it's not even a dress it's like purple, like PJs that, look like they cost oh, yeah, a lot yeah, of like money and female and, suit or something yeah. yeah and then heels and then uh you know there's the brad pitt scene there's only like one scene uh where he like immediately kind of comes in and saves her Just kills this, everybody like, yeah it kills everyone <laughs> it's kind of a, actually kind of funny enjoyable but then you know it he's was gone fun, yeah. right there so they very much market this brad pitt's like that Brad Pitt's a key player in this when he's really not. He's only in like one scene. Um, yeah. And then poor Channing Tatum's trying his best to do his like awkward, dumb guy, funny thing that we all kind of love that he does a lot in like 21 Jump Street specifically. He's doing that a lot in this, but he's not really given anything to do, um, unfortunately. And, uh, yeah, yeah, his character I just had this... like no arc or anything. He was yeah, just kind of yeah, yeah. He was kind of think... just yeah, disposable. And I think he'd be above something like this at this point, you know. Um, and um, yeah, I just thought this movie was so stupid. Uh, that's why I think it's the worst film <laughs> of the year. <laughs> wow. I definitely don't hate it as much as you did. It's definitely a very soulless and boring blockbuster. Um, I feel I don't know if you guys have ever saw *Romancing the Stone*. Uh, the, speaking of Robert Zemeckis, that he directed in the '80s, which is the exact same plot about like this romance adventure thing, and she's a writer, and she, her characters kind of play into their uh, to their dynamic. It's like the exact. It's like such a remake that of kind of an obscure movie of the '80s. Um, so it's kind of stupid on that way, where it's just kind of ripping off a better film. And yeah, Shannon. Uh, Channing deserves better. He's a, he's kind of on a comeback wave, and that's not the best movie to to start out with. Is the Lost City, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my scale, uh, my scale because uh, Sandra Bullock. There's the whole thing about you can't just sit in the tub in your in your tub drinking chardonnay on ice i'll give it one out of 60 cold chardonnays chilled chardonnays that's like a room temp at that point then yeah lukewarm chardonnays oh (laughs) oh my god i should do you remember a winery in that movie, like Oscar from The Office shows up, but he's just like, yeah, of son. course he's in it too. Yeah, oh, it felt wow. like I was like you were watching a State Farm commercial all of a that's sudden. What it, that's like, what this movie is on? like. It's like one long like ad. Yeah, that's true. It's like if a I did Super Bowl commercial this. was an hour and a half, you know. And John, and it's on end, a, Amazon at the end Prime. Of the City, it's just Ooh. like Bud Light or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels it feels like a Super Bowl movie that would come out like, at, like an ad would play it during the Super. I'm sure it did play during the Super Bowl and got a ton of people to go see it. It's like such a, yeah. I remember yeah, seeing the I, trailer a ton for it. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah. And I remember at the theater there'd be like the biggest like cutout posters of the Lost City when you'd walk past and it'd be like, mm-hmm. what the hell is this? 
(laughs) (laughs) It does. Like you said, like you guys are talking about being a commercial. It does just scream as one of those movies. That's okay. How are we going to make money on a movie early in the year after the holidays? Mm. Let's put Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum, two people that people know and like, and throw them into this wacky scenario where they're, you know, <laughs> deep in the mud or whatever, you know, it, it's just, uh, yeah, it just seems like a business decision to make this movie. There's nothing right. Like, right. There's no artistic merit. <laughs> <laughs> I felt bad for Channing Tatum a lot. Like when he has to do the scene where the leech is all over his body and he just right, strips right. down completely naked. And yeah. Kind of exposes. Yeah. It's all just so like women could be like, Oh, you know, right. Or anyone that fawns over Shannon Tatum. It's just, it feels like such like an <laughs> early two thousands comedy bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Didn't yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's gonna be stuck in my head all night. Now we can now do we're a, gonna, a worst. Now of... we got to put, this song uh, movie and, trailer uh, songs yeah yeah worst now we gotta trailer put this song in something you know like the amsterdam song was annoying there was the i want to change the world and that's that trailer played i don't remember everywhere. that oh man oh that trailer played so much <laughs> too god you know what uh i i don't hate this song but i feel like between like 2017 and 2020, it was in every movie trailer. Is that Run the Jewels song? Uh, uh, Blockbuster like, Part Two. Like that. <laughs> that riff was in every single movie trailer. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> Eminem has also gotten his fair share of. Uh, I remember like Minions Rise of Gru. I even had like an Eminem song. And then that new uh, Shazam movie has like Eminem played. And I'm like, man, <laughs> this is running his course. Running out of ideas. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's our uh, that's our worst of the year. Uh, yeah. Thing, that's between the three of us, um, I think we covered a major, a vast majority of them. I think so. Yeah, I would give this episode 100 out of 100 chocolate cakes. <laughs> <Ooh>. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Portillo's chocolate cakes. Ooh, a little oh, mayo nice. in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, They actually put mayo in those cakes, huh? Interesting. Yeah, yeah I That's guess an ingredient, so. Yeah. That's what everyone will say back in Chicago when you're eating it. Like, do you know the secret ingredient, though? <laughs> Great. We're from Chicago where we eat, we eat mayo, mayo cake. cake. Yeah, <laughs> um, great thing to be known for. So you're drinking like a milkshake with remnants of mayo in there. Yeah. Get that cake shake. Um, but yeah, uh, as as Jake said before, he's he's got a couple episodes coming up. And, you know, John and I may... <laughs> do some episodes coming up. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, um, maybe <laughs> no promises. Yeah. We have just no ideas at the moment, but uh, uh, in the meantime, though, like uh, in the, uh, you know, in, in within the next month, we are going to be back as a group again, um, doing a, um, the bummies. Uh, so keep an eye out mm-hmm. on uh, when we decide to drop some, uh, uh, just some like voting um, for uh, fans and audiences because um, uh, that'll probably, you know, I assume we would do that 
yeah. sometime mm-hmm. before the episode or whatever. And uh, that'll, um, yeah, they'll let you know you can vote on uh, the awards. And then, uh, am I off audio? We still hear you, but not in your mic. Yeah, it's coming from your laptop now. All right, so we'll just end it with bad audio then, I guess. No, you're uh, back now. No, you're, it's all good now. I'm just getting like a notification under the audio thing that it's like like an explan- exclamation it's, point. It's but. back. We're good. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to do the bummies and everyone's going to be able to vote on their own uh, awards and we'll um, broadcast it uh, live for everyone to see. Your, you'll be able to see your votes. Uh, so yeah, be in an eye out for that. Um, as we get this uh, February underway. Uh, yeah. All right. Thanks for watching.